1: Well, hello and welcome everybody. You have tuned in to episode number 506 of the Most Terrific Amateur Radio Podcast on the internet. This is Linux in the Hamshack and this is our Weekender edition. It's the 104th ep- er, edition of the Weekender. So welcome on in. We're glad to have you here and we'll do some interesting things that may or may not be informative. We'll find out soon when we choose our random topic and then we'll get into some hedonism and all the stuff that makes life worth living but before we do that let's go ahead and introduce ourselves i'm russ k5 tux
0: i'm cheryl w5 moo and i'm bill any 4rd
1: slow on the draw <laughs> <Not> that's slow
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's okay well we are all here uh, Cheryl hasn't been in Studio 3D in, in an age, so but we don't have to worry about the uh, the Yeti mic and the, the inter-office crosstalk and all the, the weirdness goes on, you know, over the last, what, two and a half years or mm-hmm. whatever that you've been recording yeah. that way. So <clears throat> so let's go ahead and get into it. I've got the random picker wheel queued up here. There's There's very few topics left on the random picker wheel, so we're going to have to invent some new ones here before too long.
0: People can make suggestions, Suggestions,
1: too. yes, would be nice. And uh, there was a couple I took off. One of them was about uh, field operation, because we just did a whole episode about that, so didn't think we need to rehash it. And uh, I took off a couple of other ones that may or may not have been decent topics for tonight. So I noticed that a lot of these that are left are hedonism, so... Ooh. Let's let's hope that we get one of those. <laughs> so anyway, I'm going to go ahead and click the button here. And I don't know if we're going to hear the wheel. You'll hear the wheel in the final recording, but we, we may or may not hear it here. So here we go. Ah, it is a hedonism topic. Yeah, it <laughs> and it's one
0: and that's going
3: gonna- to
1: heard it. You didn't hear it or? No, I definitely heard it. Definitely heard it. Oh yes, yes. Yeah. We all yeah. definitely we all heard, heard it. it. Yeah. So, very good. So the topic for tonight is quote unquote the best pizza. Okay. So <laughs> So one, <laughs> one of those holy war topics. <laughs> so, okay, so um I think I think we'll do this. Let's see, how how do we want to do this? You have to pick um at least two things. Let's see. Okay. Um th- we'll make it three categories. You have to pick the best of when it comes to pizza. The first is region, like where does the pizza come from? Uh the second is sauce, and the third is toppings. So, I think that's Quite a reasonable way to approach the best pizza. <laughs> What'd you say, Bill? I said that's quite complicated. Geez, I got to
3: think about three different things. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Well, don't don't you think about three different things when you order a
1: pizza? I mean,
3: no,
0: you call Pizza Hut and say, hey, I need a pepperoni pizza. (laughs) Well, if if Pizza
1: Hut is at the top of your list, then that's the problem (laughs) to begin with. So definitely at the bottom. What okay, style so, of pizza is that? Just garbage? <laughs> garbage. <yeah. laughs> well the thing is, once upon a time, I would have put Pizza Hut very high on my list back when they did pizza correctly. They have not done pizza correctly for at least the last twenty years. So you know, it's been longer. Yeah. yeah, I was about to say it's probably to
3: the nineties, but like even still it was not great pizza back then. <laughs> Yeah well
1: there were there were a couple of pizzas they had, they had the a pizza pie they called the priazzo and i used to love those things with all my heart and uh, they got rid of them a long time ago probably because they were you know the the calorie intake was probably killing people but it <laughs> um, <laughs> every slice a thousand plus calories yeah <laughs> uh, it, it had to be it had to be the thing was just it was enormous and it was like um it was a thin crust, like a large thin crust, then toppings to the top like a sort of like a Chicago style. And then more crust and then more uh cheese and sauce.
0: Okay, that sounds kinda like Chicago style. Kind Except of, Chicago style is more of a pan pizza.
1: Right. Thing. And this this was a thin crust on both crusts and Chicago style only has one crust. So right. you know, but yeah, it was incredible. It was really good and probably deadly. So <laughs> um
0: well you're still moving so
1: i'm still alive that's true <laughs> i ate a lot of those <laughs> so, you lived through it, lived through I it did. And told the story yeah <laughs> if, they, if they ever come back out again you can just sign my death certificate because <laughs> i'm gonna make up <laughs> for lost time so but, in
0: other words Russ is moving to pizza hut <laughs> <maybe Yeah. laughs>
1: so. all right so who wants to go first uh bill you want to take a stab at uh crusts like if you were if you were building your the best pizza in the world the one that you would eat like what kind of crust would it be what sauce would you put on it and what toppings oh my god (laughs) (laughs) we know we know you love pizza because everybody loves pizza so
3: i do love pizza i love pizza a lot um gosh you know it's changed over the years obviously um you know nowadays i really like a nice thin. Thin crust like a nice crispy uh, crust um we have a place here in town that does uh, like a like a really thin crust and they uh, cut it in squares the square cut yeah, yeah yeah it's it's pretty good and like i'm i'm pretty traditional you know i like the tomato sauce and then uh, you know whatever topping you want to put on it i've i've eaten on it so i'm uh, <laughs> i'm an equal topper topping uh, uh, uh f- offender? i don't know i don't know <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, but if you're not trying to appease anyone, and you're picking the the topics you want most, what would it be? I mean, it's a it's definitely like
3: a an all meats pizza with um, with jalapenos on it. Yeah, that's that's me. <laughs> <laughs> I like throwing the extra, like, like throwing the extra heat on top of everything else, uh, just to uh, upset my stomach and everything else like that. But, uh, <laughs> but I do, I do like the spicy stuff. Like I'll, I'll throw banana peppers and jalapenos on just about everything. So um yeah, so I've uh, they, they even did a they had a lunch special uh, probably like last year. I remember going there and they had a lunch special with pepperoni and jalapenos, and I'm like, sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's great. I mean, I'm, uh, I, yeah, I like, I just, you know, very traditional, nothing special. Um, although I've eaten, you know, probably, I don't know, a million pizzas by now, probably. <laughs> I do, I do like the white sauce. I, I do like a nice pesto pizza. Obviously, I had one when I was, uh, in Hamvention with you guys. I'm, uh, I, I do, I do like that very much. I like a pesto pizza. That's nice. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's a spicy spicy meaty uh is really good. Um when I uh was a young kid I used to be a dishwasher at an Italian restaurant and uh, we made pizza there and uh uh we had uh we had Sicilian style pizza, which is probably similar to Chicago style, the big thick, thick crust. Um and uh I didn't really care for that too much. It it was good. Um I appreciated the 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 effort it took to actually make it (laughs) because you have to like pre-bake the crust and everything else and, and get that ready to actually take toppings. Otherwise you just uh, get a gummy chewing mess of what is a pizza. Um, but yeah, I guess if I were like a style, I guess it'd be probably New York style, um, pizza and, uh, yeah, just, just very simple, very simple, uh, tomato and cheese and, and, uh, you know nothing nothing spectacular with the tomato sauce just don't put tomato paste in it you know kind
1: of thing <laughs> Darren, um, Darren said his, his choice was easy uh crust gourmet pizza Mount Lawley Perth Western Australia barbecue meat lovers with olives and anchovies oh there you go yeah, I, I guess do that too <laughs> I, I could probably do that too but I don't think it would be at the top of my list
0: <laughs> Green or black olives though
1: Well that's a yeah, good question yeah. Green or black yeah, you olives can choose the right choose the right olives what, what are we saying is the right one black
0: black well yeah because i love black olives <laughs> well so, for uh, a
3: pizza i you know i've had green olives on pizza it's pretty good but like you know black good, olives seems black seems olives like, are better, yeah yeah, yeah, like the, black. yeah. So, but <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah can, i mean good good i was go just ahead. gonna finish you can go ahead
0: <laughs> well no i was say so usually when you go to get olives on pizza it's black so it's, it's yeah it's almost like, almost impossible I'm to get the green ones right Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's only a few restaurant chains and and local shops that that generally do green olives. Most everybody does black. So, yeah. I mean, I've uh, I've I've pretty much
3: given up all of the the what do you call them <laughs> the fast food pizza places now.
1: <laughs> the delivery pizza places. Like all we have. <laughs> yeah, they're horrible. A, they're so bad. Like yeah, I can't. even have, yeah. like, cut. Go
3: ahead. <laughs> okay. I was I was just gonna say I I, I used to really like Papa John's. <laughs> as like, you know, okay, well, we want pizza, but we don't want to actually go out for it, so we'll get Papa John's or something like that. But Papa John's has gotten so bad (laughs) in the last (laughs) five years that it's like, I can't even stand that. (laughs) So it's like, I, I don't even, yeah, I don't like Domino's anymore. I don't like Papa John's. You know, God, I haven't liked Little Caesars since they gave up the whole pizza pizza thing years ago, and it was Chef Boyardee at best back then. I mean, that was probably in the 90s. Um, And what's the other fast food one people get? Hungry Howie's is not too bad, Um, at least the last time I had it, which was probably edging on about 15 years ago. Um, just cause they had the flavor crust type thing. So they'll like throw stuff on the crust as well, which was pretty good, <clears throat> but it was right down the street from my in-law's house. So like, it was pretty fresh when we got it. So
1: <laughs> I, I will give one nod to Domino's because there is a particular Domino's pizza that I like. It's the thin crust with the garlic, the garlic oil, um, and topped with Italian sausage, mushrooms, and feta. Mm.
0: Interesting.
1: I, I really like that. So, <clears throat> but it's nowhere near the top of my list. So, Cheryl, let's give let's give Cheryl a chance here to talk about her favorite pizza.
0: Well, you know, I used to live on pizza as a teenager, and then I developed an allergy to tomatoes and a semi-sort of allergy to gluten. So, pizza is not really high on my list of things to eat anymore. But um, I like that. There's I like two different crusts. I either like the, the St. Louis cracker style, um, or in w- here, uh, the, the big place to get that is Emo's Pizza, or I like a New York style where I can fold that piece of pizza over and basically eat it like a sandwich. Uh, toppings, uh, Canadian bacon and mushrooms, black olives are high on my list as well, and pepperoni as long as it's like cupping pepperoni or something that's got a little bit of a crunch to it. Um, And sauce-wise, since tomato sauce is now out, it's usually like a a garlic olive oil or something like that. So
1: I'm trying to find... I want to do a a shout-out for my second favorite, Um, but I'm trying to remember the name of the kind of pizza that it's called, because it's like one of their pre-made ones, and it's not going to show it to me great.
0: Ooh, what, huh?
1: Lou Malnati's. Um, I'm trying to find the name of the... Oh, the Chicago classic. There it is. Yes. Yeah. right there. So, so my second favorite is Lou Malnati's in Chicago. It's true Chicago style, but they have what's called the butter crust. So, it's, you know, true Chicago deep dish, but stopped with butter too. So but,
0: yeah, the crust is amazing on those. So like a yes.
1: brioche crust
3: or something.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's just so incredibly good. I mean, it just to me it it makes a a step above, you know, other Chicago style pizzas.
0: But it also has 14 gallons of tomato sauce in it.
1: It is very tomatoey, yeah. but it's a true yeah. Chicago style, of course they're from Chicago, so and it's the the classic one which has the sausage, extra cheese, tomato and just that, that's all it is. <laughs> so, that's my second favorite. Cheryl can probably guess my favorite favorite.
0: From, do, do I have to pick? I know what would be on it, probably, but.
1: Well, what do you Perhaps, think would be Do you right? have the Yoli pizza or something? No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no.
0: Pepperoni, probably.
1: Pepperoni and mushroom, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so my favorite pizza in the whole world comes from a place in Ossipee, New Hampshire. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> It's uh it's on what I would categorize as New England style crust. And if you haven't had it, there's no way to describe it. <laughs> it's not thin crust, it's not thick crust. It just sort of is what it is.
0: Yeah, it is a crust. That's yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and unless unless you've had it, there's no way to to differentiate it from other styles of pizza. It's not like You know, it's not thin and deep like a Chicago. It's not thick and, you know, edge-crusted like a Detroit style. It's not, like, uh, huge and foldable like New York style or anything like that. It's just, it is what it is. Um, And then you pile that high with uh, tomato sauce, the marinara, and pepperoni and mushroom. And that's it. It It's so incredibly good. Every time I go back to New Hampshire, well, sadly, every time I've gone back to New Hampshire the last, like, Five times they've not been open. They've been closed. You always go like
0: on a Monday or something or whatever day they're normally closed. Yeah, they're
1: they're closed like Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday or something, (laughs) right? Yeah. So I I haven't had it, but
0: I have never had Pizza Barn.
1: No, you haven't had Pizza Barn. Mm, I don't think we're going to get there this time either. (laughs) Probably not. So yeah, very disappointing. So. But yeah, New England style pizza, you know, if you haven't visited New England, you haven't had it. So. <laughs> but it's its own thing, a, huh? It is its own thing. It's uh it comes from the Greek heritage in New England. There's a lot of Greek influence in in cuisine,
0: but it's not really Greek pizza. It's either. not
1: Greek pizza.
0: It's ki- it's kind of Greek pizza, but yeah, yeah.
1: it's like it's like a meld. It's, it's almost like cuz there is a true Greek pizza. Which is not the same thing. They they're the yeah, they put stuff like provolone and you know lamb and stuff like that, and it's um it's almost more like a flatbready kind of thing. Yeah, but, I was about to say like a
3: lot of societies have like a a flatbread type thing that's sort of pizza like. <laughs>
1: Right. Yeah.
3: Aris
0: does Greek pizza, don't they?
1: Well, they are Greek and they do pizza, but it's but
0: but their pizzas aren't really flatbread pizzas.
1: No, no, no. They're more like traditional Mm -hmm. pizzas, but it's also not New England style.
0: No, no. I'm saying Aris here. That's
1: what. Yeah, I'm saying. But even though they have Greek heritage, their pizza is not like the Greek pizza they make. In well, New but it,
0: New England is not really Greek pizza either. It's right. had some sort of, you know, here, this is what Greek pizza kind of is, and you guys run with it. So Yeah.
1: I don't know. I wish there was some way to define it. Um, it's really, really good, and it, you really can't get it anywhere outside of New England. I mean, once you get out of—I'm not even sure you can get it in places like Connecticut, because Connecticut has the New York influence, because they're really close, close to New York City and stuff. Um, so I think you're going to find more New York style there. You really, it's like Massachusetts, Maine, and New Hampshire are like maybe Vermont. I don't, I don't think, I don't know that I've ever ordered a pizza in Vermont. So, <laughs> um, I can't say what they have, but yeah. So that's, that's what I would say is my favorite. So I don't know if we have, if Ted wants to, uh, to weigh in on pizza because <laughs> he's, he's in uh, Iowa. So he might, he might favor the Chicago style cause he's sort of in that neighborhood, I guess. I don't know.
3: East oh, side stuff.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I will mention
3: uh, like uh, I have had pizza in Italy too and <laughs>
0: oh, that's true. <laughs>
3: I've had pizza in France, and they don't know how to make pizza. No, well, they don't have to make much things in France. So,
2: <laughs> sorry, all you French people.
3: <laughs> never, never go to France after you've been to Italy for a little while, because it'll be a definite downer. Uh, but uh, yeah, the uh, we actually one of the places that we'd go in uh, Padua and Padova uh, for lunch. So like every uh, like the lab people got a uh, basically free lunch on the company lunch every day. So like they'd get uh like four days would be at one place and then one day would be at the pizza place. And so uh yeah, we'd go to the pizza place and you could get a pizza or a calzone. And the calzone there literally was your pizza folded. So <laughs> it it was like a traditional <laughs> calzone, <laughs> folded pizza. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was always really, really good. I guess, uh, the style wise, uh, most of them probably follow that, um, you know, Naples pizza, Napoli pizza, um, style, you know, brick oven and all that other fancy stuff. And it was always good. You know, I, I never had a, never had a bad pizza there. It was very, uh, the thing I, uh, I remember most about the uh, pizza in Italy was just the, uh, the freshness of everything was just a little bit above bar. Um yeah, I've never quite had a pizza in the United States that that tasted that fresh. Like, you could taste every ingredient on the pizza. That's how fresh it was. It was just, it's, it was definitely an experience. It wasn't an amazing pizza, but it was an experience for sure. Well, that's because their ingredients don't come off a Cisco
1: truck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah they don't come off the same truck.
3: <laughs> Everybody else's does, right?
1: Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, New York is obviously different and true, like, Chicagoland area stuff. They'll obviously make their own ingredients and use fresher stuff. Um, and, like, some of your, like, you know, hole-in-the-wall New York delis and stuff like that and New York pizza shops will have really good fresh pizza. But for the most part, you know, they'll uh, they'll use stuff that comes off a truck. So. <laughs>
3: yeah i mean you know some places will make their own sauce and stuff like that because even like at the restaurant i worked in like we made our own sauce and the sauce was you know amazing um but like the ingredients were well i mean you know we shredded all the cheese and stuff like that so i mean we got the big block of mozzarella and everything else but like you know the the pepperonis and stuff like that you know we would slice but like you know it it was like definitely produced It wasn't like we, you know, went to artisan, an artisan maker of uh, pepperoni and sausage and, you know, meatballs and stuff like that. Um, So, but.
1: uh, Yeah, Ted says he uh, prefers New New York or New Jersey style. And the funny thing about that is we had New Jersey style pizza or I had New Jersey style pizza for the first time because we were staying in East Rutherford and we ordered uh, takeout from a New Jersey pizzeria. And uh, it's a lot like New York style. So. (laughs) Um I didn't notice too many differences. If I didn't know it came from New Jersey, I would have said it was New York style. So, unless uh Ted can clarify any uh differences. Yeah, amazing or or miss differences between New York and New Jersey style, then I'm going to call it more or less New York style. <laughs> <laughs> so I I am but, a
0: big fan of of fruit and cheese pizzas. Like the the Paran gorgonzola. gorgonzola yeah and the one that i had at pies and pines that had grapes on it
1: oh yeah the grape the grape feta or whatever it was a grape uh, gorgonzola
0: i think it was gorgonzola
1: yeah th- those are good fruits and cheese on pizza do go well with one notable exception and yes i'm gonna say it nine to pineapple no,
3: no pineapple
0: no <laughs> pineapple is really good
3: nope, yeah yeah nope. I like a nice Hawaiian pizza with some uh, banana peppers scattered all yeah, over it.
0: Yeah.
1: No, cannot do pineapple on pizza. Just can't do it.
0: <laughs> You're not a super huge fan of fresh pineapple anyway.
1: No, but one way to make pineapple worse is to put it on pizza. No, so. but
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was grape gorgonzola and rosemary. Yeah, Prim that, that
1: was really good. Yeah. That was really good. So
0: And when Bill was here a the, the month and a half or so ago... We actually drug him to a um Oh yeah.
1: Pizza, yeah, <laughs> the to pizza the pizza night. night.
0: Yeah. There's a there's a place just outside Springfield, Missouri.
1: The hippie commune.
0: Kinda, yeah. <laughs> that has um I don't even remember what the name of the ovens are, but it can cook the pizza in like five minutes. So they take they make three pizzas. With farm-fresh ingredients, because it's a hippie commune farm thing. And they usually have one that's got some sort of fruit on it, whether it's apples or pears or, you know, whatever. Um, And then they've got one with meat and then another one that's usually just a veggie, like kale or whatever. So, And a regular just cheese pizza, so...
1: Yeah. And Ted says fold in half grease up to your elbows. Well, that sounds yeah, like New York yeah, style to me. That's what I'm familiar with when I go to New York. So, <laughs> Oh, and Charles phone is doing stuff. So, <laughs> all right. All right. That's probably enough discussion on pizza. Um, again, it's one I'm of those. hungry. Can- <laughs> yeah. Well, we and, and we got more, night. more, uh, food talk coming up oh. right now too. <laughs> so, um, have, have you not had dinner yet? Uh, no, we had like a late lunch, so I had a late lunch. <laughs> yeah, see, we had a late lunch too, but um, I'm fine with actually talking about food right now, so... Are oh, you? Yeah. I, I am, yeah. I can I can eat. Well, after, after yesterday, I don't know. I, just, I was so full after yesterday, but so full I'm apparently still full today, so... Let's go ahead and get away from hedonism and move into hedonism. So.
3: Sure, <laughs> uh, I mean sense. that's that's what
1: we're doing tonight. It's right. all hedonism. So, <laughs> but now we're actually into the hedonism segment, and yep. uh, Cheryl is here to talk again about hedonism. And of course, it's it's food. So it's it's all food. I hope food. Yeah. I hope everybody who's listening to this is not some place where they can't get something to eat because <laughs> this could be bad. But. <laughs> Uh, Ted says dessert pizza is an oxymoron. Uh, I don't know about that. I'm, I'm not quite on board okay. with that.
0: We, there's a there's a sushi restaurant we eat out that has sushi like dessert, dessert sushi. sushi. Yeah, yeah. So, so
1: I think if you do it right,
0: yeah.
1: yeah. Watch watch episodes of Chopped
0: uh, uh, on uh,
1: Food Network. They they have a competition where you have to do all kinds of crazy things with weird ingredients, and uh, you'll you'll see more than your share of dessert pizza. So
0: <laughs> or some sort of weird, you know, yeah, conglomeration of dessert y type stuff. So yep, yeah. yeah. I, I
1: can see where dessert pizza can be bad, but I can also see where it could be good. so, yeah, so. But Cheryl's gonna talk about something other than
3: pizza. Yep. So
0: I am. I'm going to talk about Mongolian beef and noodles. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Mongolian beef and this is a fairly quick way to serve it at home without having to uh, go snag some carry out from your local Asian restaurant. And the recipe calls for flank steak, soy sauce, brown sugar, fresh ginger root, sesame oil, uh, cloves of garlic, uh, red pepper flakes, vegetable oil, carrots, green onions, beef broth, cornstarch, water, rice noodles. And the whole recipe, of course, will be in the show notes, but it's uh, probably a 45 minute type start to finish dish. So, or maybe an hour. So, definitely. uh, Definitely easy to do. So. so
1: do you have a recipe for uh, Mongolian beef and noodle pizza?
0: I do not have a recipe for <laughs> I guess you could probably use the rice noodles as the crust.
1: I'm, I bet you could turn that into pizza somehow probably. if you tried hard enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah the think, rice noodles and then pour the beef on top, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it'd be like the Dan Dan noodles or whatever at P.F. Chang's. So. Oh,
1: yeah. Twice twice baked or fried noodles yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And yeah that'd be yeah, kind of good.
0: Yeah. So. <laughs> new recipe coming in Uh, exactly (laughs) (laughs) well we'll try it as a pizza e-type thing and see what happens Uh, (laughs) but my next recipe is for a cocktail to go along with your meal and this time I picked the Asian Summer and in this it has orange flavored vodka, amaretto simple syrup, lime juice sesame oil, ground ginger, sugar and a star anise and With that, you'll just grate a little bit of it into the top of your drink, and then throw it in there for decoration. So it's definitely an optional thing. So, and of course, recipes will be available in the show notes.
1: All right, very good. That's. I think that's the first time I've seen sesame oil in a drink recipe. It's
0: you. You use it to rim your glass. You rim it with the sesame oil and then dip it in sugar. Well,
1: that sounds really good, and I really like sesame oil. So uh, me, me, and sesame oil and truffle, like black truffle, mm-hmm. really get along well together. Yep. So <laughs> some people have that thing where they they can't do the truffle thing, or, or more than like the tiniest amount is is off putting. But that's not me. I could just drink truffle oil.
0: <laughs> okay, let's <well>, not go <laughs> completely off. But I oils could. Here. I really could. I love it. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> Little uh, Davidia dude.
1: <laughs> yeah. I know I know it's very strong. I, I get it, but I love the stuff. So I love this stuff as much as I hate pineapple on pizza. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on and talk about the drink that I or my, my whiskey and um so for the next few weeks of of weekenders there may be some stuff. Uh, related to our trip to Kentucky and this is definitely no exception there's a couple of the things that I bought actually more than a couple that I will not review because they are um, distillery only options so you actually have to go to Kentucky to get them so I'm not going to talk about those I will talk about the ones that you can buy you
0: can mention them
1: I'll mention them but I'm not going to review them because you know what's the point right Uh, you know if somebody, uh, if somebody wants to say they're going to Kentucky, I'll give them my own you know private review or something, but uh, I'll stick to the mass market type stuff. So the first one I have is the Calumet Farm 16-year-old Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey from their Single Rack Black connection or uh, Collection, not connection, and this is called the Citation Edition. Citation, by the way, these are all named for horses because uh, Calumet Farm is a reference to kentucky horse racing so uh, all of these notes by the way are from calumet farm not from me however i went through their notes after doing nosing and tasting and what they put here is pretty spot on with what i got and i didn't notice enough differences to to alter anything so i'm just going to go with what they put so the description is Calumet Farm 16-year-old bourbon whiskey is the newest offering from the stables of the single-rack Black, or Single rack black premium bourbon line. Its bold taste and flavors are matched perfectly well with a balanced finish. As a tribute to one of the greatest thoroughbreds in racing history, this bourbon represents the dedication and patience it takes to create a champion. This expression of the Calumet Farm bourbon family is our most aged and highest proof to date. It is non-chill filtered for added depth of character and color. So... If you have sort of followed our discussion of bourbon over the you know many years we've been doing this, um, not many bourbons have an age statement as high as 16. They're um, usually closer to 4, sometimes as old as 7 or 8. And once you get past that, uh, they become few and hard to find. So when I saw this on the shelf at the liquor store, this didn't even come from a distillery. This just came from a liquor store. Uh, and we went to a liquor store when was it yesterday or day before
0: day before
1: day before and they had it as well so i know this is generally available uh they do say that it's sort of on the rarer side uh but apparently right now if you want to get some of this you can so they actually publish stats which i really like they publish their mash bill which is 74 percent corn 18 percent rye and eight percent malted barley It's bottled at 106 proof, or 53%. It's bottled in Bowling Green, Kentucky. I didn't get far enough to figure out if it's distilled there, but that's where it comes from. And again, these are their notes, but they concur with what I came up with, so uh, no reason to change. So the color, deep mahogany with dark red shadows and golden highlights, which of course they have to be, you know, flowery. Um, But considering it's a 16-year-old bourbon, it is quite dark in color. So Uh, the nose on it is woody char, smoke, almonds, fresh-cut hay, citrus, orange, cherry, and lightly floral. And I got all of that out of this. Um, On the taste, you get oak tannins, rye, baking spice, cherry and dark fruit, toasted bread, toffee, and cornmeal. Uh, Absolutely what I got off of it. I could probably throw in a couple or more notes, but honestly, that really gets the job done. And on the finish, it's a nice, heavy, oily, lots of mouthfeel, lingering notes of toasted grain, sugar-coated nuts, and oak. It's actually really, really good, and I'm glad it's really, really good because it's really, really expensive. (laughs) Um, When you get into 16-year-old bourbons, they're not going to come cheap. And this one runs around $150 to $160 a bottle. Um, Would I say it's worth it? Yes. Can you get bourbon that's almost as good for half the money? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But if you want to have a 16-year-old bourbon in your collection, I would definitely recommend this one. I would give this an easy 94. So uh, it may even be better than that as time goes on. It's very good. And if you don't mind spending $150 on 25 ounces of liquor, um, I would highly recommend you get some of this before it goes away. So they also have others. They have like a 10, a 12, a 15, and there may be some more. Um, And from what I've been, from what I've tasted of Calumet Farm, they're all quite good. So they put out an excellent product. So give it a shot if you like, if any of those notes sound good to you. And the price doesn't uh, explode your wallet. So with that, let's send it over to Bill and see what he's got.
3: Yeah, my uh, my selection actually came from uh, from Louisville as well, or from you know the Kentucky region <laughs> purchases. <laughs> and uh, this is a uh, RY three whiskey. That's a cask strength rum cask finish rye whiskey. And uh, from the website, it's uh it's the blend of three whiskeys, American and Canadian rye. Three mash bills and three age statements that add up to Ry Three. A sumptuous and heavenly honeycombed mouthful of peach nectar and maple bran. Uh, white pepper punctuates the otherwise seamless coat of orange peel, a vanilla musk, and cigar leaf. At hundred proof, it shines. Now, my particular bottle was a, uh, a a private reserve barrel select, so it's a little bit higher. It's the uh, uh, the batch I guess is zero four zero 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 four, and the bottle number is one one five. Um, but this one is actually uh, at 117.2 proof or 58.6 ABV if I did my math right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just had a sip of it. I haven't even opened it until the show here. And I just had a sip like five seconds ago while you're talking about the the Calumet. And uh, this is quite nice. I mean,
2: oh, yeah.
3: Yeah, it's very good. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Yeah. I've had a few rum finished ones before and it's, uh, it's interesting how, um, how that, uh, plays into the, uh, sort of the, the, the edge of, uh, of the flavor. Um, it definitely mellows out any bitiness. Uh, and in this particular case, being a higher ABV one, it's, uh, it's definitely super smooth, but, um, you can definitely tell it's a rye in there and, uh, yeah, it looks you know, beautiful color and, uh, yeah, it it really tastes good. <laughs> I I wish I didn't buy this bottle cuz now I'm going to be trying <laughs> to find to it again. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I might have a new favorite here. I don't know. This is this is pretty uh pretty good. I might have to try this with a more clean palate. I have been drinking a, a few a few uh, beverages today. Uh I went to the Renaissance fair, so um had some, had some had some had some ciders there and uh then had a couple of beers afterwards with lunch and uh yeah, so my palate isn't isn't fully there, but uh, yeah, I would definitely put this uh, put this as a very very good in, in my you know five five point ratings. Well, uh, like
0: Bill might need a cold shower now.
3: I know <clears throat> a shower in RY three Rye or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is this is very good actually. Wow, this is what a purchase. Rocky <laughs> has been put aside. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. This is really.
1: This is really good. Wow. Yeah. The thing is, the rye, an American whiskey, and a Canadian whiskey, that's that's interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah, blend for sure. But, like, yeah. you know, the blends have gotten really
3: good ratings over the past few years, so it, it well, doesn't because, really surprise me.
1: Yeah, people kind of, like, shy away, I guess, from blending because they're like, oh, it's not a pure product, blah, blah, blah. But the whole point of doing the blending is so you get – so people can put together flavors and come out with these really good, you know – things that are a mix of, of stuff and uh, you get good blenders together and they can make an excellent product if you're not scared of, of blended whiskies. So,
3: yeah, I mean, this is happening in the wine business as well. I mean, the red blends have really taken off in the last probably decade and stuff like that. You know, what else are you gonna do with all that crappy Merlot that nobody wants to drink anymore? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I've had we've had a couple of whiskeys that have been aged in Chardonnay barrels lately, and they're quite good. So um, I don't like. Yeah, I mean, Chardonnay. some
3: of the finishes can be kind of
1: not not really great. You know,
3: they hide too much. But like uh, right. some of them have have uh, like the ones I experienced in Ireland and stuff like that were really quite quite interesting. There was a few beer finish ones that were really good from, um, uh, the Clonakilty uh, distillery.
1: They, they did a really good job on the finishing down there. Yep. It's a, wa- it's a great new world of, of finishing and aging and blending and, and all kinds of stuff in, in the whiskey space. So there's always new stuff to explore. It's a wonderful thing. So with that, Oh, and, uh, Darren is on my side. He says pineapple on pizza is a sin.
0: So. No, it is
1: not. <laughs> it's not. It's not.
3: It seems wrong, but like when it's done right, it's it's good. Like if you've only had, you know,
1: dominoes <laughs> then No, I've I've had what people would consider good like Hawaiian pizza and you know, can't do it. Like if it's like fresh
3: pineapple, not like I opened up a can of dole and threw it on your pizza, right. yeah. you know, that's not that's not pineapple on pizza, sorry. <laughs>
1: maybe the problem for me is the uh ratio maybe there's just too much pineapple maybe if it was just a more of a an essence of pineapple as opposed to like full-blown chunks of pineapple i might be more in tune with it but
0: but take a pineapple and wave it it like in the oven well (laughs)
1: it's not like a ghost pepper i'm just saying (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> well, you need a lot of ham, like so. The, you need pineapple that, uh, was near the crust, so <laughs> yeah, you gotta have
3: that base—a good Canadian ham, Canadian bacon, whatever. And am like not a
1: fan just, of Canadian bacon either.
3: So that's uh, yeah, maybe that like, makes
0: your big yeah.
3: That could be the problem.
0: Yeah, and yeah. see, I'm a huge Canadian bacon fan, and you know, last night we had old Chicago pizza, and Russ has got his pizza, and I've got my Canadian bacon calzone over in the corner, and he was like, eh, no. <laughs> Yeah, like know. old Chicago
3: pizza reminds me of the way Pizza Hut pizza used to taste, like back in the 90s. They're yeah, see, it, doesn't, it doesn't for me, but oh, really? No, it's interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, Pizza Hut where you were could be different from Pizza Hut where I was, so you know, yeah, I, I think they're supposed to use the same recipes and stuff, but who knows? You know, <laughs> in theory, in theory, right. All right. Well, that brings us down to the end of our topics for tonight. So let's go ahead and bring Cheryl in to do the list of new subscribers, supporters. going
0: to do the announcements. Oh, the I guess
1: Bill wants to talk about his thing. I was hoping to skip over it. But no, go uh, ahead, Bill. It's all about us. Why would you not want to talk about it? <laughs>
3: Anyway, no, yeah. It's like so, it's all you can
1: talk about is me, 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 me. Look at yeah, me. Yeah. Oh, what well, happened? you know, <laughs> us, us,
3: us, us, us.
1: Uh, so. uh, all right, <laughs> tell us what's going on.
3: Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'll be uh, presenting a, a topic at the Linux Fest Northwest in October. Uh, of course, the topic is Linux. In the Ham Go figure what what that could be about. I can't imagine. Um, So, yeah, if you uh, happen to be in Bellingham, Washington in October, which is actually a great time to be up there at uh, an amazing space that they have this event at. It's a free event. So uh, it doesn't cost you anything to actually attend. You actually just have to get there, which is the the more pricier part. Uh, But it's held at the uh, Bellingham uh, Technical College, which is a great space. I mean, I wish uh, there were... You know, equivalent spaces all across the country that we can have many, many Linux fests and talk about all the goodness of open source and software, free and open source software and all that good stuff. But uh, anyway, um, yeah, if you are interested, uh, I will I will definitely uh, I'm I'm definitely planning on being there. I mean, something could change that. But like, you know, I just I just uh, they just accepted my talk and I just uh, acknowledge that I'm actually going to be there. So so, yeah, October 20th through the 22nd in 2023 is uh, when you'll find me at
1: uh, Linux Fest Northwest.
0: Yeah.
1: All right, very good. I was asked at Hamvention to do a talk on Linux and the oh. Ham Shack at the Joplin Ham Fest. I don't know if that's actually going to happen, but we should do a, a panel at uh, Hamvention next, next year. Yeah, we should probably do that because of the booth for an hour. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <clears throat> it's not like I won't be there to babysit. We're not it, doing so. it at
1: 9 a.m. though. No, not at nine AM <laughs> <laughs> So all right. Yeah, if somebody wants to put us on a talk at like eleven, I'm I'm all in. Subscribers, supporters, and so on. So what who do we got?
0: So for our subscribers and Patreons, we have Victoria, K eight V S Y. On Facebook we have Matthew or Mathroo. No,
1: it's that's uh, a typo.
0: <laughs> I figure. Matthew Reigns. <laughs> there wasn't anybody on Twitter. There was nobody on Instagram. On Mastodon, we had Dom, HB9HLI, Emanuel, DD6ZJ, Tavis, KD9NSC, and Adam, K3CAN. On YouTube, we had Al Rubio, nobody on the mailing list. On Discord, we had N5CZ underscore Randy, and W1LTE, Chris. And in the live chat tonight, we have Darren, VK6EK, Ted, WA0EIR, And Don, KC9ZMY.
1: All right. That does bring us down to the bottom of the show. So we want to thank everybody for listening. Hope you didn't mind an entire episode about nothing but hedonism, no actual amateur radio or Linux content for tonight. But sometimes you do have to take a break from all the, you know, the learning stuff and uh, the technical stuff and just break down and talk about the fact that no one should put pineapple on pizza. So... (laughs) I heard the annoyed sigh over there. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, We really appreciate it. And next time around, we'll be doing a deep dive. So stay tuned for that. We will have an interesting topic coming up next week. And uh, we'll catch you then. Hope you have a great week in between. And uh, keep it between the navigational beacons, as somebody once said in a country song, once upon a time. (laughs) So this has been... Episode number 506, the 104th edition of The Weekender on Linux in the Shack. I'm Russ, K5TUX.
0: I'm Cheryl, W5MOO.
1: And I'm Bill, NE4RD73.
2: Thank you for listening to this episode of Linux in the Shack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page at patreon.com LHS Podcast or by using the contribute list on the homepage. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter and YouTube. You can also drop us an email at info@lhspodcast.info or leave us a voicemail at 1-909-LHS-PODCAST. Show. That's one nine oh nine five four seven seven four six nine. Visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show-themed merchandise. Until next time, remember to always heed your hedonism.